0: This is John Gramstrand, and I'm a Certified Energy Specialist for CHS Ag Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success.
1: Wednesday, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan, along with Tyler Donaldson. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. Min Ag Expo underway in Mankato and continues through tomorrow. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has this report.
2: Reporting from Mankato, we are talking with Minnesota Corn Growers Association President Dana Allen Tully. What are you looking forward to here the next two days of, of Ag Expo?
3: So we're really just looking forward to getting to hear from everybody, getting to hear from all of our growers, members, and get them help them come up to speed on what it is that Minnesota Corn Growers Association is doing for them. So what are some of the, the main issues that
2: you're hearing from from growers and main concerns, things that they want to see happen in 2024
3: or continue to work on here from 2023? So I think that one of the thing that top of mind to us is um, the EPA ruling on um, nitrates, water nitrates. And so that's going to be one of our cornerstone issues coming into 2024 legislative session. Um, But on top of that, you know, we're looking at lower crop prices and some areas that have been affected by drought. And so I think as producers are looking to put in their next year's crop, we're being uh, astute with our dollars.
2: Absolutely, and that's something, you know, input prices have have continued to to climb or at least kind of stayed steady here and and prices have dropped a little bit in the last Mm -hmm. year or so. Um, Other things that you're looking forward to, annual meeting of course
3: tomorrow morning, Uh, what's on the docket for that? So our resolution session is truly grassroots and so we're excited to hear from our delegates and approve our our resolutions book for 2024 so we have direction from them. Looking forward to the discussion. And then we have, you know, some awards to give out, president's and chairman's address, and really to hear from all of our delegates. And of course a booth here on the trade show floor at MinAg Expo. Uh, want people to, to stop by and say hello, I'm sure. Absolutely, uh, if you're not a member, talk to one of us. We'd be happy to sign you up or, or talk about um, reasons why it would be important to have your voice heard. Uh, We also have several researchers here that Minnesota Corn Growers, or Research and Promotion Council has sponsored their research, so I'd encourage people to go check out the important things that they're trying to do to help us find new technologies, better ways to be more efficient more profitable.
2: All right, well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Reporting from Mankato at MinAg Expo, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network.
4: The Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council announced industry leader of the year is National Association of Farm Broadcasters Association past president Joe Gill of KASM Radio. It was announced at the MinAg Expo. Trimont, Minnesota farmer Rochelle Cruzmark was named council director of the year. Minnesota
1: Soybean Growers Association awarded Congresswoman Angie Craig and Congressman Brad Finstead with the Spirit of MSGA Award during their annual meeting in, at MinAg Expo. This year's Industry Partner Award is University of Minnesota Extension 4H. Uh, the uh, soybean growers named lobbyists Corey Bennett and A.J. Duer as Soybean Advocates of the Year. Kochia is
4: the big topic leading discussions going into the spring, according to Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada weed research scientist Charles Geddes. The weed and its resistance to herbicides was a focal point at the Wild World of Weeds conference recently held in Fargo.
5: Some of the some of the big takeaways um, we're we're starting to see a new type of resistance showing up in Kochia, and we've been doing some research uh, in collaboration with with colleagues from the North Disco- North Dakota State University as well. Uh, working on characterizing what we call group 14 resistance in kochia, um, or otherwise known as PPO inhibitors. Uh, so this would be the fifth mode of action to which kochia exhibits resistance, uh, meaning that the options that, that farmers have for herbicides in their toolbox is, is becoming more and more limited as time goes on.
4: According to Geddes, there are other ways to fight against weeds.
5: What we're finding with, with some of our research looking at integrated weed management, specifically targeting kosha, um, is we're finding that some of those cultural techniques, like anything you can do to make your crop more competitive, so increasing those seeding rates maybe, decreasing row spacings, trying to, trying to come promote that competitive crop, that actually goes a long way to helping reduce the amount of seed that kosha produces and therefore the amount of seed that's going back into the seed bank, creating issues for subsequent years.
1: NDSU research professor Kirk Howitt says while Reed, uh, resistance to weeds is a focus of his group's research, it's not the primary focus.
6: Resistance has been a fairly large focal point for several years on a number of fronts. It, it is still kind of a secondary research area for most people though, because we're still just primarily trying to address weed control, not only with herbicides, but with cultural practices and uh, in changing seeding rates or changing row spacings, helping turn Trying to help the crop fight off the effects of the weeds. Because if we can have a really aggressive crop system, that limits the ability of the weeds
1: to grow. And how it says uh, a good approach to weed control is a multifaceted one. We're trying to promote the idea of multiple
6: multiple tines on the fork. Basically, uh, we we have very limited situations where one post-emergence spray will kill the weeds. Uh, whether we use a pre-emergence herbicide to prevent seedling growth early on, and then we kill emerged weeds later in the in the season or sometimes with two applications of post-emergence herbicides to make sure that we can eliminate weed growth when it's small and actually kill the weeds rather than just stunt them gives us better advantage to, to remove that weed pressure.
4: Research published in the Weed Science Journal identifies a single major gene that controls metabolic resistance to the active ingredient in dual magnum and dual 2 magnum. The germplasm that comes from this research can help identify the genes and gene mutations that provide resistance to soil applied group 15 herbicides in water hemp. Researchers at the University of Illinois said this study will help establish a baseline for future work on weed resistance. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm
1: Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. J.R. Pauly of Denison Livestock is cautious looking ahead at the cattle market prices are higher than producers have gotten used to break evens are also higher
7: I have a lot of caution because October the 1st we had April fats at $2 on the board. March feeders at 270 Fat cattle had a $35 break, and that's a lot on a 1,500 pound animal. It's about $500. And the feeder cattle had a $60 break, and that's about $500 on an eight weight steer. And there's a lot of break evens out there that are higher than where the board is. So we'll just have to see if the packers kill the cattle we will have a better market. And if our demand is good, things can get better. But right now, a cautious mode.
1: And recent weather events may also cost producers planning to market feeders or fat cattle.
7: When cattle go through this brutal stretch, uh, they don't drink right, they don't eat right. So you will have, uh, you could have a Four to eight percent pencil shrink, and not even know it.
4: The NDSU Feedlot School is underway at the Carrington Research Extension Center. Extension Livestock Specialist Carl Hoppy took some time out of his schedule to share a preview of the upcoming topics.
0: We have the feed, we have the cattle, we have the resources, we have the opportunity. Cattle feeding is something we have been doing in North Dakota, and we can do even more of it. We have almost a million cattle in North Dakota. We could feed that many cattle in North Dakota, even beyond backgrounding, but even the finishing if we develop what we do. And that was the impetus for developing our NDSU feedlot School. Of course, you talk about facility designs and equipments. We talk about budget, we talk about cattle feeding and the expenses that go into it. We talk a little bit about beef quality insurance and cattle financing, um, ration balancing, diseases. Price outlook, manure management, even carcass quality and those things, a lot of different things are covered in our feedlot school as well as a tour of a local large feed yard at the very end.
4: Beef quality assurance will be a focus this year.
0: If you're trying to sell fat cattle to any of our packers, you need to be feedlot, uh, beef quality assured, as well as the trucker needs to be BQA assured as well. Handling is one of the things with beef cattle and quality insurance as well as the vaccination site and those things. But it's just creating a quality management and health and care for cattle as they're uh, being produced.
1: The 53rd annual KMOT Ag Expo will be held next week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the North Dakota State Fair uh, Center in Minot. Assistant show manager Jeff Emmert is looking forward to another big show. we
8: got uh, about 350 plus vendors, uh, over 1,030 booths uh, that are filled. It's going to be uh, a lot of new equipment. Uh, the equipment keeps getting bigger, and I keep getting asked if I got more space. And if you ever been to the farm show, you know there's no more space in there. But uh, they keep filling it up with newer and newer equipment.
1: There are also uh, some educational seminars as well. We
8: have some of the commodity groups that are coming. We'll be doing uh, holding seminars in the seminar room upstairs, as usual. We've also got our living ag classroom. Uh, this year we got over 700 students that'll be going through in two days uh learning about uh getting food from the ground to the table and basically it's just a kind of a good overview view of our major employment of the state which is farming
4: Van On and company market analyst Christy Van Aan is watching the soybean technicals.
9: Beans are a little bit interesting here. They um, they had a really good setup when you looked at them on Friday. So it was still negative, but you threw some bearish information at beans. They went down, they found a key level around this twelve oh one to twelve oh three mark, and then they bounced off it really nice. And so to be honest, coming into the weekend and a long weekend, it, it the market felt good about beans. Tuesday at one point, we're up 11 cents and and now we find ourselves a bit off of the high from yesterday
4: the livestock market is consolidating
9: and that's not such a bad thing maybe waiting to see some numbers see some cash trade but live cattle on both the nearby and deferred contract are hovering right at that vpoc um, and right at 1.2 standard deviations away from trend line so this is all about the technicals when you look at this market right now waiting for something else right to give it a reason to budge off of this line when you look at feeder Cattle, we're through the VPOC, through some key support or key resistance levels, and trying to make a little bit of a
1: comeback. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Vive Crop Protection has received federal approval for a new fungicide for Cercospora leaf spot uh, protection in sugar beets. Northern Technical Sales agronomist David Reif is excited about the field trial results for Phobos FC.
10: I personally visited our, our Cercospora leaf spot trials at North Dakota State and University of Minnesota. And really what we saw when uh, in direct comparison to ProLine was increased disease control. So you could like visually see reduced Cercospora in the Phobos trials uh, compared to ProLine. And at the end of the year, when we got the yield data back, we, we saw improved... Uh, recoverable white sugar uh, because of the, the better disease control.
1: Phobus has the same active ingredient found in Proline with addition of Vibe's patented nanopolymers to optimize performance.
10: Cercospora leaf spot was particularly bad in 2023 and is a good reminder that, that uh, we need continued support and help with that disease and this is a, a new tool for farmers to step up their game to control this disease, Cercospora leaf spot. And, and achieve better sugar yields at the end of the day
1: and Vive plans to use the same technology as an in-furrow corn product in 2025 to control stock and root rots. Precision Planting
4: has unveiled its new product introductions, including the Cornerstone Planting System. This system comes fully built with everything but the planter bar and is integrated with Precision Planting's technology. It is being beta tested and should be commercially available in 2025. The panorama system to manage maps and agronomic data is Is available now along with a suite of soil sampling and an analysis tool called the Radical Agronomics Platform. The Precision Planting Winter Conference is taking place this week
1: across the country. Checking markets before we leave you this noon hour we've got wheat Minneapolis eight to nine lower. Chicago wheat's a penny higher on the March. Kansas City March is down seven and a quarter. Uh, March corn down a penny and a half at 442. July down two cents at 462. March soybeans down 20 and three quarter cents, 12.06 and a quarter. May soybeans down 19 and a half at 12.19. March meals down 12.90 a ton. Bean oil 24 points higher. March canola in Winnipeg down a dollar and sixty cents a metric ton, six twenty eight twenty Canadian. February Live Cattle, twenty cents higher now one hundred seventy three thirty two. April's up seventy two cents at one hundred seventy five ninety. January feeder cattle ninety cents higher at two hundred twenty eight forty five. March feeders a dollar five higher at two hundred twenty nine eighty seven. February Lean Hogs sixty seven higher at seventy one forty five. Thanks for joining us. Have a great afternoon. This is the Red River Farm Network.